Right down the middle, now goes over to the right. Now slows right up, shoots, pad save made by Skinner. And the Oilers are a goal away from ending this thing. Kyle Turris, who got the game winner against the Vancouver Canucks in the shootout. Yes, he, Turris picks it up, also goes way to the right. Now comes off the boards, will wait, shoots, scores! Kyle Turris ends it in a shootout! It's Stuart Skinner, mobbed by his teammates, he gets the victory! He was outstanding tonight here at Rogers Place, and the Edmonton Oilers will win it 2-1 to one in a shootout! Great game tonight at Rogers Place, Stuart Skinner, the big story in net, here he is along with Zach Hyman preparing for this for a long time and uh, I, yeah I'm just happy that we were able to you know uh, it was just I think the whole team played a fantastic game we were really good defensively and um, yeah I mean it was, uh, it was a good game. Stuart I had an opportunity to talk to you when you made your first AHL playoff start and you talked about being notified on the bus and how much it meant to you and you just all you could do is stare out the window on the bus in terms of tonight yeah where does that rank for you? Uh, pretty high uh, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, just being able to hear all these fans right now, I mean, it was hard to hear you there, so it was, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm super grateful for this moment. And uh, Zach, uh, just as a team, just as a collective, recognizing how big of a moment this is for your goaltender, turning aside 45 shots, his second career National Hockey League win, what does that do for the club in order for a young goaltender to step up the way he did and get you guys a win tonight? Yeah, it was massive. I think it started uh, in Winnipeg. It gave us a chance to, to win that game. He was solid in the third there and then obviously carried it over into tonight. So a ton of confidence in him and, and you know, we, we should have confidence in him. He's a great goalie and played great tonight and gave us a chance to win the whole way through. And you have to win games like that. So it's, uh, it was a good test for us. Tight game, 1-1 one -one game. Um, and, you know, got him done in the shootout. Zach, can you talk about the penalty kill overall tonight? Just... Obviously, an overtime was massive. It's four on three. It's a little bit different, but the whole game just, and the whole season, really, and it doesn't matter, it seems to be who's in there, three different goalies, nothing's changed. Just the attention to detail and the cohesiveness from your penalty kill, what was working tonight? Yeah, it starts with the goalie. Obviously, he's got to be your best penalty killer, and, and Stu was, was that tonight, obviously. And I think for our penalty kill, we just you know try to work as a unit, try to be aggressive when, when the opportunity presents itself. But... Uh, you know, stay, stay to our strategy, our plan, our system, and uh, I think that we've been, you know, really successful at it, and um, it's a huge part of the game, obviously. Zach, what happened to you in the corner there where you were down on your knees there for uh, about 30 seconds? Yeah, I, um, I hope it wasn't 30 seconds, but... Uh, okay, 15. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I got tied up with a guy, and uh, I thought it was a penalty, but it was obviously a battle, and just... Lost my win there for, for a second, but all good. What goal was better, this one by Connor or the one against the Rangers? Uh, this one was one on two. The Rangers one was one on four, so probably... A better goal he scored on tonight, though. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, you know what? He's, it doesn't matter. Like He scores big goals and big times in the game and, and you know takes the game into his own hands, so... Uh, not many people can do that, and I, I mean, it's great to score crazy goals like that. But I think it's more impressive to score them in the in the timely manner that he's been doing it to, to give our to give our team a chance to win. And late in the game, when they they go up by one, you know, give us a chance. So special player, obviously.
Stuart, this might be an odd time to ask this question, but you wore 74 in junior, you are 50 last year for your first NHL game, went back to 74. Why 74? Uh, growing up, I have, uh, I have three brothers, <clears throat> and my, uh, my, uh, the one, uh, my first brother that was born, he's uh, always been number 71. Then my next brother was 72, my next brother was 73, so I just had to decide between 70 and 74 and went with 74. All right, nice and simple, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Stuart Skinner and Zach Hyman as the Oilers beat the Jets 2-1 in a shootout. Just an excellent game tonight. Outstanding goaltending at both ends of the rink. Connor Hellebuck winds up making 31 saves. Skinner makes 46, including eight in overtime. And the gap in shots on goal really widened in overtime because the Jets had most of their four-minute power play in overtime and couldn't solve Skinner. And then in the shootout, Skinner stops Connor and Shifley. Hellebuck denies Dreisaitl, but McDavid and Turris score, and that's get the, uh, that gets the Oilers the win, and it bumps their record up to 12-4. and four. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Man, Rob, outstanding hockey game, and we got another great goal from McDavid. I haven't even <laughs> mentioned that yet, but I, I think we got to start with Skinner. Tonight, he went toe-to-toe with one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. Yeah, both goaltenders were excellent. And it, the pressure just got bigger and bigger as the game went on. If you're a goaltender and you're looking down at the other end at the op, uh, your partner that's down there and you're saying, okay, well, that guy's not letting anything in, so I certainly can't let anything squeak by me. And the pressure just becomes a little bit bigger. For the longest time, it looked like the first goal was going to be the only goal. And Skinner gave his team a chance. And um, he, he, he was fantastic. And the biggest part was when they got to, there was about 40 seconds left or something along that at the end of the game when they're shorthanded. He had to make two saves, one right off the faceoff. If he lets that in, all of a sudden they get no point. And a game that they played so well, he played so well and could have been a, for nothing if that puck goes between his legs. And it was Ehlers that got the puck on, on net very quickly. Makes a big save there, makes one other big save, gets him to overtime. Then in, in overtime, for the first three minutes, it was a Stuart Skinner show. So uh, he's had three very good starts in a row, and he finally got the win that he deserved. There was no scoring until 6.03 left in the third period. It was the Jets' 33rd shot of the game. It was the 60th shot of the game combined. And then 28 seconds later, McDavid scores on the 61st shot of the game. And he does it again, Rob. An incredible individual effort. He gets the puck at his own blue line, and away he goes. Well, he, he's just sizing up the defense. If he, all kids, and then through midget, and then through junior, then through college, and then pros, all talk to their defensemen and say, you've got to get good gap on a defenseman, or on a forward coming in. Because if you don't get good gap, you get caught flat-footed. And what Connor McDavid has done a few times is he takes his time, and it slows the defenseman down. Now they're standing still or going slow. They don't have the proper gap, and he's coming at him full speed. And it's not fair when Connor comes at you in your proper distance in your gap. It, it, it's even more magnified when all of a sudden you're standing still. He's coming at you. He goes inside out three times on Stanley. Stanley has no chance. And Stanley's a big man. He's six foot seven, And that six foot seven man probably has about a 12-foot wingspan. And couldn't get a hold of Connor. And Connor goes by him, and as he does, more, more than not, when he makes the beautiful play on a defenseman or on two or on three or on four, he finishes on the goaltender. And that one right there was such a big goal 
because at the moment it looked like, okay, Skinner was the guy that let the one in. It's going to be a Winnipeg Jet victory. And Connor McDavid very quickly comes out and puts uh, those rumors to rest. So uh, another fantastic highlight reel goal. And rarely would we have that as our second biggest topic of the day. But the way Skinner played just shows you how good Skinner was. Yeah, Skinner, his second career victory, his first of this season, his second career victory at home. But his first with fans in the building. So that's, <laughs> that's so, true, so that's, too. So that's pretty cool that, that he gets that. And McDavid got one of the two goals in the shootout. He went wide down the right side, and he cut in Rob, and it looked to me that it was a bit of a waiting game, and it looked like Hellebuck just lowered his right elbow a little bit, maybe to get that paddle down, and then McDavid just flicked it right where his arm had been. Well, that's a, a good shot for a left-handed player because the way his stick is, a stick is about three and a half, four feet away from your body. So the, what your eyes are seeing, your stick is seeing something much better because they have a much better angle towards that back open corner. So that was a wonderful shot, and that's what made Torres' shot so incredible when he came in because he put it in the same spot but he's a righty so where he shoots for the puck from compared to what Connor shoots the, the puck from that's about five feet difference five feet of angle so he surprised Hallebeck nobody's surprised when McDavid scores it's no surprise at all but when Torres puts that in from there the goaltender Connor Hallebeck was surprised he didn't think he could get the puck into that spot but McDavid magic in the game magic in the shootout and Kyle Torres who I looked at his time on ice. I think he played six, five and a half minutes. And I don't know if he might have got one shift in the third. Yeah, I think they got one shift. Certainly not in overtime. His legs had to have been exhausted from just sitting there. Having his hands, it, watch anyone come out for after a long shift or after a long time on the bench. It's hard to control the puck. Anyway, you just you make bad passes. I mean, most fourth lines, when you see them go on the ice, they're told, just dump the puck and don't make a play because your hands go a little cold. So to come off the bench and put, put the puck in the net and the second time he's done it this year, good on Kyle Tours to stay focused and in the game when there's long stretches where he was just a fan. 2-1, the Oilers take it in a shootout. Again, great moment for Skinner. The Oilers have some really cool video on their Twitter account, a goal line ice level camera looking a- along the goal line to the left of Skinner and him celebrating with the fans behind him when Turris's goal went in. And you and Bob referenced it. Everybody off the bench to, to Skinner. And including tourists. I mean, he didn't even... A couple guys wanted to high-five him, and he just kind of barely got him, and he was going straight to Skinner as well. I mean, it's, it's, it, is a really, it is a really cool moment. Edmonton kid, and we get asked so much about goaltending, even though the Oilers, for the most part, have had very good certainly above-average goaltending, yep. goaltending yep. if not uh, very good this year. So it makes you feel... And look, we don't know how, he's, uh, how much he's going to play in the NHL the rest of the way, but what Skinner has done, I, I would think, would make his coaches and maybe even more importantly his teammates comfortable whenever he does get a start yeah i agree i think that there was a comfort level from what he did in preseason that is now magnified because he's now done it in regular season three times and then tonight uh, the Oilers had not lost two in a game two rows two games in a row all season long this was a very good winnipeg team and winnipeg played well very well in this game and he stood up tall and made the saves he had to got a big victory it also gives the Oilers the luxury of making sure that Mike Smith 
has more than ample time to get ready whenever he comes back from an injury. There's no need for him to come back any earlier than he has to, and you could probably extend the break to make sure it's 110% healed because both goaltenders have given them a chance to win in almost every game this season. And now Skinner is pushing for more ice time. And that's something I don't know if we would have predicted at the beginning of the season, but he's coming off a pretty good night. So I would imagine you're going to see more of a flip-flop on goaltenders going forward after the game that Skinner gave them tonight. So 2-1, the Oilers take it in a shootout. That's a $200 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're given $100 every time the Oilers score a goal throughout the season as uh, a really tense game tonight at Rogers Place. And the Oilers' penalty kill comes through, Rob. I mean, we talk so much about the power play because it's over 40%. Let's not forget, coming into tonight, the PK was fifth in the NHL at 87%. It uh, goes five for five tonight, including, as as we referenced, mostly a four-on-three power play because McDavid's penalty, and it, it was a good call. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a no-doubter. Yep. He got the stick up with 43.6 seconds left. So the Jets had that four-on-three, which some players might tell you is preferable to a oh, five on four 100 percent, it's more preferable it's way easier to score four on three than it is five on four there's just so much more room out there to make plays uh the penalty killing has been just as impressive and just as important as the power play has been this year it uh, we knew uh, that the oilers power play was going to be great this year you you the beginning of the season said it was going to be over 30 percent the expectation was they were going to be the best in the national hockey league and they are. But there was going to be questions about their penalty kill. There's players that aren't here from before. Uh, how are the new guys going to fit in? Uh, there's new defensemen on the back end. They lost their big penalty-killing defenseman in Larson. And their penalty-killing has... I, I don't know if it's won them as many games, but it's got to be pretty close over the course of the season. It's got them as many points as their power play has. And tonight, it was on the back of their penalty kill that they won this hockey game. And, and they easily could have not got a point there's first 40 seconds of that power play was five on four at the end of the third period and Skinner doesn't make two saves they get zero points in a game they end up getting two well and Winnipeg won both the face-offs yep late late in the third period too Uh, the Oilers did have the advantage for the game 54 percent with Dreisaitl took 29 face-offs and won 20 of them, uh, though he did get beaten a couple times. Well, the, the first one was a scramble draw, and, and basically that one's all on nine the demon, players yeah. converged, and the Jets had an extra guy. He, he lost the second one clean. It was the four-on-three, the Oilers killing it off. First of all, they turned the puck over a couple times trying to get breakaways, swelled down four-on-three, instead of just slamming it down the ice. Yeah, probably not preferable. Uh, they'll probably be talked about uh, in, in video meetings. Uh, well, the one thing, and I told you right at the very beginning off air, they said the Jets are going with four forwards. I wouldn't do that on a penalty kill against the Oilers. Not with Leon Dreisettle on the ice and Darnell Nurse being his ability to jump up. And the Oilers did get a two-on-one at one point, And Nurse, uh, a defender, got back just in time to touch the puck so that Nurse couldn't get the two-on-one. But the, the killers were good. They, they iced the puck about three times on a four-on-three. Again, usually on a four-on-three, you have control of the puck the whole time, and it's just whistles of pucks being saved or pucks going over the glass. But to, to beat guys to, in races, to get to pucks, to get it down, 
that's huge. And the Oilers did a very good job taking away Winnipeg Jets' uh, bread and butter, which is the cross-ice pass for one-timers. They weren't able to get that today, and that was huge in the penalty killing. Well, and I did notice that in the four-on-three. Now, Dreisaitl, I think, also was exhausted, but yes. even Nugent Hopkins came on. When, when the puck was outside the top of the circle, or whoever was playing the point for the Jets, I mean... Don't, don't even bother. Well, they, that's, did, they didn't even go out. Well, that's where they want them to shoot from. Right. I mean, sure, shoot all you want from up there. Our goaltender's having a great night, and there's only one guy down near the net because the other two guys are spread out wide for the one-timers. So the Oilers played it perfectly. And uh, credit to both Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle up front for their job on that and the, and the penalty killers on the back end. It was, it was a highly entertaining game that both teams at the end of the night deserved a point. And we as fans are just lucky we got to be part of it. Yeah, a great night for Skinner, for sure. I mean, he and Hellebuck, the first two stars. McDavid, the third star for his spectacular goal. And he also scored in the shootout. Our set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino was seven and a half. Combined shots by McDavid and Dreisaitl. Four for McDavid, combined shots on goal. Four for McDavid, four for Dreisaitl. It's over. Steven got it. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement. Bet on it. I, I was going over. And barely, you're, I tell you, you are so good with setting the line. I'm, I'm, I'm on a bit of a streak. You, I, I mean, Bob mocked me because I set the over-under in the Rangers game for goals at 6.5. And, and then it was 11 or whatever it turned out to be. Yeah, but we don't listen to Bob anyways. But you, you honestly, I don't know what you make at 6.30, Chet, but you honestly should start thinking about subsidizing your income with well, Vegas. I, I I know that we could call a hotel down there, one of the casinos, and say, hey, I got a guy. Well, I might open a casino in my basement. That's not a that's bad idea. Then, then I don't have to move. You, I can still do this job. Okay, so I'm not sure that's legal, so you probably shouldn't say it on radio. But I'm sure nobody's Well, you can listening. get away with a lot in this province. That's true. Good point. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. I, I actually feel like I have to say I'm not going to open a casino in my basement because of this day and age and social media and, and people getting upset about everything. Why are you winking at me with your fingers crossed? <laughs> yeah, You can also phone in and suggest a name for my casino. <laughs> here's a hundred dollars i'm just giving it to you right now just to hold on to yeah over oh, yeah and by the way over <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right uh 7804960063 coach mike says can Tippett continue playing the fourth line five minutes a game well he has for the, as long as he's been here so i i don't i the more you play the fourth line, the less you play Connor and Leon. Uh, in close games or if the Oilers are trailing, you want those guys on more. And they've shown that they are freaks of nature when it comes to conditioning. They don't seem to tire. So I don't think the Oilers' fourth line right now is good enough to play 10, 12 minutes. So until it improves... And again, I, and I said this earlier in the show tonight, that the Oilers are a three a three-line team, and they want to be a three-line team because the more the fourth line plays, the less your best players play, and the others, as we all know, are better when Leon and Connor are on the ice. 
All right, this individual says, uh, good win, Rob, but I'm waiting until the coach lets his team play aggressive, and I mean by aggressive, hit them. Can't count on the goalies every time. I find Tippett needs to change his strategies. That is why we lost to the Jets in the playoffs. They outcoached us. Well, I mean, the Oilers are 12-4. and four. Is it on the season? I, I mean, I, the, the Oilers play the style of game that they're built with. I mean, they, if you want to be a physical team, well, then you're going to have to go get different players. They're not a physical team. And having said that, the Oilers out-hit the Winnipeg Jets 39-17 to 17 tonight. So uh, does, is the Winnipeg, are the Oilers a perfect team? No, they're not. But since they're, I think, third in the National Hockey League in points, there's not a lot of teams out there that are perfect. They all have faults. Go through any team in the National Hockey League right now, and we can find five or six things that are wrong with them. The Oilers are going to be a playoff hockey club. And a playoff hockey club, we've watched over the last number of years, if you get in the playoffs, you need a little bit of luck, you need great goaltending, and you need good health. And if you have those three things, you have a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. The more you go to the playoffs, the better your chances of doing that. So uh, I think Dave Tippett is an excellent coach an excellent coach and I think more or less everyone around the National Hockey League agrees with that and his record and the fact that he has a job anytime he wants to proves that point. Oilers win 2-1 in, in a shootout. Yeah, I mean the, the, like tonight's the, there were chances at both ends tonight. I, I mean you, you could watch this game and say well, the Jets were relying on their goaltender. The goaltenders were excellent, and most teams have a good goaltender. Yep. Like Dave Tippett's not sitting there and saying, well, let's rely on our goaltender. Uh, I mean, that's that to me, that comment doesn't even make a lot of sense. No, but. well, it, no. And one of the, the best opportunities that the Oilers had in the first period was Jesse Pugliarvi was when the Winnipeg Jet D-man passed it right out in front to him. They put it right on his stick. Teams make mistakes all over the ice, and that's why you have goaltenders to clean up those mistakes. Okay, we're going to take a quick timeout here. We got uh, Brett, Dallas, and Derek as the first three batters on the open line presented by CertainTeed. Exciting game tonight. The Oilers tough it out, 2-1 in a shootout. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Down the right wing, into the Oiler end. Can't get a shot away. Puck in the slot. Stanley over to Connor. He'll let it go. Pad safe. Rebound. Oh, what a save by Skinner off of Ehlers, and he holds on. Amazing stop by Stuart Skinner. Well, he made a lot of great stops tonight. So did Connor Hellebuck. That is the save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. So the Oilers get a 2-1 win. In a shootout, the two goalies, the first two stars in this game, no doubt about that. You probably knew that was coming about midway through the second period, quite frankly. Skinner stops 46, Hellebuck stops 31. Skinner stopped eight in overtime as the Jets had a, a power play for uh, about half of the overtime. And Connor McDavid, the third star, he had the goal in regulation time for Edmonton. Nick Ehlers scored for the Jets. Eagles, Larry says reed you could call it the canned ham casino you will come for the gaming but stay for the food that's, that's pretty good i do give out canned hams on inside sports sometimes that's uh that's a fun one for sure no japanese village goal light tonight the oilers got to get to five or more for us to turn that on on 630shed.com and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to japanese village try the legendary wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes reserve now at jvedmonton.ca 
Uh, this uh, person writes in, Rob, why wouldn't the Oilers try to get a whistle after Connor came out of the box in overtime and get it to three-on-three? Three? Or That's from Coach Doug. Uh, good call. Uh, the problem is, how do you get a whistle other than, I mean, you can't shoot it over the boards anymore. Uh, sometimes, A, the guys that are on the ice are tired. B, uh, your thought process isn't, hey, let's get a whistle. You're, you're facing four guys on the other team that are trying to hit you, trying to score, trying to do all those things. But it makes sense. You got... Connor, the longer you have with him in a three-on-three situation, the better it is for your team. Uh, at times, you'll he'll, you'll hear coaches or players on the bench yell, "Get a whistle! Get a whistle!" In all honesty, I'd have to go back over the the minute thirty or whatever it was when he came out of the the box to to see if they had opportunities. But most times, you're just playing the game and continue to play the game. Yeah, interesting question. Yeah. No, it's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. You can't. You got to be careful. I mean, if you ice it, that you can't change. Uh, well, and if you have control of the puck, if you get a whistle, now you turn 100% control to a 50-50 chance because if they win the face-off three on three, then they get the puck. If you have the puck on your stick when you're trying to get the whistle, you obviously have the puck. So do you want to give up that opportunity with the puck to try and get a whistle and possibly lose the face-off and give them a three-on-three three opportunity. And if you, if you lob the puck in on Hellebuck, you run the risk, well, is he going to drop it and shoot it down the ice to try to get a two-on-one? Well, just, yeah. well, and just as the Oilers would want more time three-on-three, three, the Winnipeg Jets would probably prefer four-on-four four because their star players were tired. They just spent four minutes on the power play, and Connor McDavid was well-rested from spending four minutes in the penalty box, so you knew that three-on-three, three, the Oilers would have an advantage. It's It makes sense. It's a little harder to do sometimes. Randy says, you guys speak highly of Coach Tippett, but he has won nothing. Well, Randy, you are... Well, no, he's welcome to, to write in. Hmm. I mean, what, whatever. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Randy, go look up all the current NHL coaches who have not coached the Stanley Cup team. There'd be quite a few of them. Yes. There'd be quite a few of them. Um, I'm just going to go look at Dave Tippett's record. Uh, apparently, the Edmonton Oilers and Ken Holland, who has won Stanley Cups, decided that the best coach for his team is Dave Tippett. So I, I'm going to fall in the fact that Ken, Ken Holland knows more about National Hockey League and hockey than I do. And his choice for coach was Dave Tippett, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, but I mean, that, stuff like that's always going to come up. And and Randy, I mean, if, if you want to write something in like that, like have something to say about things you see Tippett doing or decisions he's making that you don't think are conducive to, to winning games. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of uh, excellent hockey people who have not won championships. That is, that's just how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the majority. I mean, I, I don't There's only one in 32 here, here, that does win it. Here's the thing, and maybe Randy isn't suggesting this, but I, I feel like sometimes I hear from fans, well, you're either you're either a champion or you're a loser. Like, there's no in-between. Like, until you've until you've won the Cup, well, you, you, everything you do must be wrong. Like, you must be well, dumb. Well, see, what I look at, good see, the way I look at that, too, if Connor McDavid never wins a Stanley Cup, does that mean his career is tarnished? I know a guy, do you, do you remember Dave Hannon? Yes. Dave Hannon, I think, won two Stanley Cups. Does that mean his career was better than Connor McDavid's or than Marcel Dion's or than a, a million other players that had great careers? No, a Stanley Cup, it is the ultimate prize, and that's everybody's goal. 
but again it's one in 32 each year have the chance to win that stanley cup yeah so it's it's not easy and i don't base what someone does as a coach or someone does as a player Connor mcdavid the last number of years has been the best player in the national hockey league he didn't win a stanley cup there's probably seven or eight players on the tampa bay lightning team last year that i couldn't name right now that won a stanley cup but i'd still take Connor on my team yeah, and you're welcome to second-guess the, the coach. I mean, we do it. Yep. I mean, that's part of, part of the fun of uh, talking about it. I just think it's a little black and white to say, well, you're, you're, you're a loser unless you've you, you know, won the Stanley Cup. I, I don't know if that's a... Anyway, 780-496-0063. We have Brett on the line. Hey, Brett, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going tonight? Quite well. All right, on first thing first, Randy's a moron. <laughs> okay. Second, uh, the way Skinner played tonight, do you throw him back in against Chicago? That's a good question, and... I, I think it would go to the goalie coach first, and the goalie coach and Skinner would talk just to see what his um, conditioning level is. Because, again, this is a guy that hasn't played very much and been sitting on the bench a lot. Uh, if he doesn't play against Chicago, I'd put him in the game right after that. So I, he would Three play days. one of the next two games without any doubt. Three days rest. True. Yeah, if Saturday they get three no three days without a game for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he was good, and... He deserves. If if they feel that his or conditioning sorry, two is day, two days off, Dallas is on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, in one of the next two games he will play and deserves to. Okay. What about uh, you all heard about the trade rumors and stuff for Flurry? What about going after somebody like Raft, who's just sitting at home right now? I, I see. Last, I don't. I don't think I they need a goaltender. Honestly, right now, I think they got to wait to see what's going on with Mike Smith before they decide on what to do with a goaltender. If Mike Smith's coming back, they're not going to trade for a goaltender. I don't believe. Last I read about Rask was that Boston is is still his first choice. Um, yeah, I mean, the Oilers... I mean, here's the thing. The Oilers are going to be circling around or be mentioned when, when a lot of players are available. I, I just don't think that they're in a rush right now to do something with the goaltending. I, like, they I, don't I have think, to. Like, Holland's patient. I think he wants to get all the information. I think he wants to find out about Smith's health. And, yeah, I mean, the Oilers, if they are going to make a big charge for it, they need a couple other things. I mean, I, yep. think, I think they could use somebody on the left side on defense. Yep. And I think... I mean, you'd still love somebody else that could bolster the scoring a little bit, maybe had some have some size. Players usually are looking to add somebody like that at the deadline. And are you comfortable with Ryan McLeod as your third-line center going against a Lowry or something yeah, along that line? Point. So yeah. there's, there's other things. Right now, goaltending hasn't been an issue for the Edmonton Oilers to start this season. And we're saying that without their number one goaltender playing since the second game of the season, the third game of the season. So if Mike Smith plays like he did last year, Goaltending is not an issue, and now we're getting to see that Koskinen and Skinner have given them the a 12 and 4 record on the season. So I, in all honesty, I don't know why goaltending comes up in post game because goaltending hasn't been an issue. Well, but I, I know why it does. It's because Koskinen. I, I think a lot of people still have trouble completely trusting him, and in his playoff appearances as an Oiler. Uh, I mean, in the in the bubble, Smith wasn't very good, and then Koskinen played, and then you know last year Hellebuck beat Smith. Hellebuck's also played in- well. Incredible. Price beat Hellebuck. Does that mean you get rid of Hellebuck and find another goaltender? 
No, that's that's well, not what I'm suggesting. I'm just I'm just saying that's I think that's why we're getting asked that question. I mean, I don't think it's like a, a planet loony bin question. That's that well, is a nice planet, though. No, but I, I I honestly don't understand that right now. Why you're why you look for like Mike Smith is a goalie, and he had an incredible season last year. He was in the top six for Vezina Trophy. He's older, but he's as I talked to a couple of players this week who have played with him. He said he's got the body of a 25-year-old. He's he's better shaped than any other player. If he's comes back and he's healthy, I don't believe they'll go get another goaltender. They're not going to get someone to back him up. I mean, you don't trade for Flurry to be a backup goaltender. So uh, to me, if Smith is is going to be healthy and starts playing, and it looks like he's going to be healthy the rest of the year, I don't believe they go for another goalie. Not with Koskinen playing the way he is, and then seeing what Skinner's are capable of doing. Well, that could be exciting if we get to see what Skinner can do, if he gets to keep well, and, and I, well, and since we really haven't heard anything as of late about Mike Smith, my guess is it's, he's not back in the next couple of games, which means we're going to see Skinner again, which is, I think you want to see. You want to see what he can do now. Okay, he's got one great game. Can he put together two great games? Can he put together three? And I think we may get that opportunity if Smith doesn't come back. Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout, 780-496-0063. We have Dallas standing by. Hey, Dallas. Hey, guys. Thanks very much for taking my call. Just two quick points. My first one is I'd like to get both of your thoughts on the comments from Tortorella, if you would. And the other thing is just wondering what your thoughts are as far as Yamamoto is concerned. Do you think that the coaches internally are getting what they expect out of him? I know that he's a good offensive player at some points in time, but he seems like he has a tough time gaining entry into the zone yeah. just because he's not a very big guy. Maybe you could just chime in on that and I'll listen. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll just touch on Tortorella first. I mean, he's paid now to be a commentator. He's he's always been an opinionated guy. I, I know from watching him, I don't, I don't think I've ever interviewed him, but just watching him as a coach, sometimes he would say things where I would think, man, that's brilliant. And then other times I would think, what, he's acting like a goof or then he's... One day he's spending 15 minutes with the media and the next day he's mouthing off and leaving after 20 seconds. So I think he made, sort of went to an extreme with a comment. And, you know, McDavid took a little dig back at him today and I just think that's stuff that happens in the game. There's certain people that when they talk, I listen. Around in the media world, when they when they say something, I said okay, I want to hear what he has to say, or I'll read articles by certain people. And there's other I won't. John Tortorella has never been a guy that I would seek out for information on how the game is played. Not judging him, I just don't really care. So when he comes out and says this, for him to say it, for a lot of us, no one really cared what John Tortorella has said for a number of years. But he made this one comment, and it's getting play all through Edmonton. It's in the media. It's getting in the dressing room. People are calling in. John Tortorella did exactly what he wanted to do. He's been noticed in Edmonton. He's, he, people are talking about John Tortorella, which no one ever does. So for, from a media side, you're just new to the media. He did exactly what he wanted. And everybody's now talking about him for no reason other than the fact that he said something that most people in Edmonton don't like. As for Yamamoto, here's the one issue. I, Yamamoto's played better as of late and had a wonderful game in St. Louis. The one thing that you look at, on, on the season, Kyler Yamamoto's got four points. He's playing with the NHL's leading scorer, who has 33. So are you getting, is, could, 
Could he do better? Would that would Leon be even better off if he had someone else playing there? Those are things they're going to look at, whether they upgrade that. And that's another thing that you look at upgrading at, at the trade deadline. Is there someone that's a better fit to play on a line with Leon Dreisettle when you get into big, heavy series? Yes, I, and I think, it, I mean, if we want to talk about trades and looking ahead to playoffs and all, all that kind of stuff, that's the spot for me. Yep. The sixth forward in the top six. I think you have a very definite top four. Yep. And I think Pugliarvi is is fine there. Yes, he has some quieter games, but generally he's he's noticeable, yep. and he's I mean he's still over a point a game, isn't? Yeah, he? and to me he's so, to me he's, he's he's easily top five, right. easily top five. So who do they have a true top two line guy up there right now? Oh, and again, four points on the season, and he's playing with the NHL leading scorer, and he's been with him every game other than I think one period where he got benched. So that's that is a that's a big tell right there. So Harvey now just just under a point a game, fourteen in, in sixteen. But you know, eight eight goals. So if he gets twenty five to thirty goals, that'll that'll be a good season. All right, uh, we'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Derek standing by as the Oilers beat the Jets two one in a shootout. Go ahead, Derek. Hey, uh, this is uh, field agent Tokoff here with Jesus. I'm investigating the fact that uh, I heard on the radio that somebody is operating a casino and underground restaurant in their basement. <laughs> yeah, I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> uh, I, I, you may have heard of Cheesus, of course. It's an entirely fictional agency made up so that I'm not impersonating a federal agent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. This is good stuff. <laughs> Well, have a good night, guys. The Oilers played a good game. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate those. Those. I thought you were in trouble there. I was a little worried for you. Oh no. I was gonna. It's, I was gonna talk to. If they they pressured me, I was selling you right down the river. <laughs> it was all his idea. That's a good one. Seven eight zero four six zero zero six three. I thought Derek was gonna maybe start dropping some X Files references with uh, Skinner, the character. <laughs> <laughs> Two of my favorite shows had a Skinner, The X-Files and The Simpsons. I was a big fan of The X-Files. Gillian Anderson, very good. Big yep. fan of her. Uh, what was his David Duchovny. What was uh, Mulder. Walter, Walter Skinner was the character in X-Files. What was his title? Director? He might have been Director Skinner. And then yeah, Principal Skinner is in The, uh, is in the Simpsons. I don't, I'm, I'm not up, as up-to-date on my Skinner re, or my Simpson ref, references. Well, I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch it all, all the time. Kyle Connor had nine shots on goal tonight. Andrew Kopp had seven. Nick Ehlers had six, and he scored a goal. Uh, Jansen Harkins had five. Some of the Jets guys were really firing. Pierre-Luc Dubois, very noticeable tonight, played 23-01 and uh, didn't have a good night in face-off, so it was probably against Leon a lot, went six I, out of 18. I think almost every time. He... Uh, but he is a different player than what we saw last year. Winnipeg's good. That's why this is such a big game for the Oilers tonight and, and the way that Skinner played. Winnipeg, to me, of all the teams that we've seen thus far, they might be the best team that I've seen the Oilers play against. I'm trying to think back through all the games they've had, but they're deep. They're deep top to bottom. Their defense is good. they got fantastic goaltending. They're well coached. Uh, I think they've improved off of last year's team. Dubois being better, picking up Schmidt, picking up... Um, Dylan on the back end. This is a very good hockey club, and to me, they're built for playoff hockey. So th- they will be a tough out once they get to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Hellbuck gives them a chance every game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, he he, yeah, he was excellent. Good. Yes, he was excellent in this game, as was Skinner. 
Oilers went 2-1 in a shootout. Let's look around the league here, courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Flames 5-0 over the Buffalo Sabres. The Maple Leafs beat the Rangers 2-1. The Penguins take it to the Canadians. 6-0 is the final. Canadians are 4-13-2 on the season. Uh... I hate to say it, somewhat predictable, though maybe not to that extent. But given some of the players, they don't they don't have. Well, their number one defenseman and their number one goaltender that hurts. Uh, but I still I could not. You know, Dano went to Los Angeles. Yeah, I still couldn't see the didn't see the fall not, coming. Not this pick, four no. wins in nineteen games. Panthers twelve two and three on the season. They beat the Devils four one. The Lightning get by the Flyers four three in a shootout. Blues beat the Sharks 4-1. Minnesota blows it open in the third period, beating the Stars 7-2. The Wild are 11-5. They're having a good year. Uh, coming off a, a great year last year, and the Dallas Stars, I, th- I thought they'd be better and have not had a good start. You know what's f- funny? You, you just mentioned the Calgary score. The Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers both had to win tonight to keep pace with them Anaheim Ducks who were in first place before this. Who have lost. I mean, oh, did it they just lose? Ended. Oh, it, it just did ended. Oh. Carolina won 2-1, so that's the end of the winning streak for the Ducks, who very surprising with oh, what they're doing. Eight it's, straight wins coming into tonight's game and lost to a very good Carolina team. Yeah, Carolina's 13-2, by the way. Uh, the Golden Knights over the Red Wings 5-2. Blue Jackets beat the Coyotes 5-4 in a shootout. Coyotes, uh, man, oh, man, uh, still stuck at two wins on the season and Thursday night football the Patriots shut out the Falcons 25 nothing the uh, Oil Kings are going to be here tomorrow night at 7 against PA the Elks have the final game of their season tomorrow night at the BC Lions 7 o'clock countdown to kickoff on 630 Shed the game will start at 830 so I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7 before we uh, take you into the football coverage okay you will hear from Dave Tippett when we get back Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout this is Heartland Ford overtime open line going to join him. Lowry in on the right. Over to Cup. Oh, what a save by Skinner. Coming across. He got it with the right pad and then covers it up. Great short-handed chance for the Jets. Yeah, great game by Stuart Skinner tonight. 46 saves. Couple more saves in the shootout. Oilers win it 2-1 over the Jets. Our adjustment of the game. Dave Tippett deciding to put Skinner in goal for this one. That's presented by Pro Drain Tex for peace of mind down the line. Here's Dave Tippett. Dave, uh, obviously a young goaltender making his fourth career NHL start, 45 saves. What does it mean to the club and to the group to have a young guy deliver a result the way he did tonight? Well, I mean, he's well-liked in our room. He's worked hard, and, and we talked about it before. He looks like an NHL, play, NHL goaltender, plays like an NHL goaltender. And- Tonight was a real good challenge for him, you know, coming off a, a tough game in, in uh, Winnipeg the other night. We needed a, we needed a good uh, performance from the goaltender, and he stepped up, and not just good, he was really good, you know, right, to, uh, right through the shootout. So good for him. He's worked hard, and he's, uh, you know, he's waited for his break to get in there, and tonight was, uh, he jumped in there and did a heck of, heck of a job for us. Another big goal from your captain. Can you talk about McDavid's willingness to challenge defenders? Because usually the defenders are the ones that close the gaps, but it seems like he's the one that closed the gaps on them. Well, he, yeah, he's just, he can make something out of nothing, you know, and that's, he's, he's going through there and he's coming with such speed and his agility is, 
is unbelievable. So he's, he's just hard to defend. And if he can get a step on a guy, he can he can get himself uh, free. And that's what he did tonight. You talk about your uh, penalty kill tonight, especially in the overtime and how big that was. The whole game, it was really good, especially when we're missing. You know, like we're missing a lot of key guys on that from last year so it's uh our guys have jumped in there and done a real nice job and the, and the four on three obviously that's a you get a four minute or on kind of an unfortunate penalty that uh leon and uh leon and nuge and um and the defenseman did a heck of a job for it and skinner dave uh, uh connor hellebuck said it kind of had a playoff vibe to it mm. That, you know, lots of good plays both ways. It's, for the longest time, it was a 0-0 game, despite a lot of good chances. What did you think of how your team played both offensively and defensively? You know, I thought it was a tight, a tight, hard-checking game, and that's the kind of game we needed. We've been trying to challenge our team about trying to defend a little better, some situations where we got to get get harder. And I thought there was there was a lot of... There was intensity, there was a willingness to compete hard, and there's still some mistakes. Like, there's there's mistakes in every game. There's some hiccups with the puck that you'd like to take out. But that being said, we competed hard, and when we uh, when we didn't get, uh, when we made a mistake, the goaltender cleaned up the mess for us. So it was, uh, it's a good step in the right direction to get our goals against down. You talked that you felt today that your, your team would have more jump, and they definitely did. Um, you got four lines going early in the game. You just talk about maybe the importance of, of all lines to kind of bring some energy uh, regardless of the minutes. Well, the fourth line, they're not getting many minutes, but they got to bring energy. they got to bring some energy. And, you know, Winnipeg's a little bit like we are. The fourth line doesn't get a lot of time. So when they do, they got to make sure that they're, they're uh, contributing a little bit. Now, that being said, young Benny, it was a little too... Uh, a little too aggressive a couple times there in the offensive zone. Fortunately, our penalty killing bailed him out. But we need, we need uh, you know, it depends on how many power plays and penalty kills there are in the game. But those guys become valuable to, uh, to get some minutes for us to, so you're not overplaying other guys. Benson's a player who, you know, growing up was always a skilled guy. He's really tried to bring an energy element to his game. So when you see those, are you, would you rather have to kind of, um, tame a stallion than whip a donkey kind of thing and so you'd, you know, you'd rather have him you don't want those over aggressive penalties but you'd rather have that than a guy not being engaged fine line between being over aggressive or being aggressive and taking poor penalties and he didn't walk that line very well tonight but we like his energy he's willing to compete he's, he's kind of a, got an irritating tone to his game which is good I like that but that being said that that tone can't, especially in a tight 0-0 game, those are lessons that I guarantee you he'll think a lot about those penalties tonight. Looking at the ceiling. <laughs> Dave, is Tourist your designated shootout guy? Because he only played 550, and yet he scored earlier in the season on a shootout. He, uh, he knows what he's doing on the shootout. Has for a long time, so he's, uh, he's well-versed on what he's going to do and what the other goaltender is going to do, and so he's, uh, call it bullpen, whatever you want to call it, he, he's ready for that, that moment in the game. So it doesn't matter how long he's sitting? No. Thank you. Now, Dave, Slater Cuckoo left once and then came back and played less than four minutes. He banged up at all? Yeah, a lower body injury. Day-to-day, -day we'll, uh, we'll see where he's at tomorrow.
Uh, Dave, just over here. I just wonder, you know, with, with a guy like Skinner, he's gotten three starts now in the last five or six. Is this time to give him a little bit more of a rope and see what he can do? Well, yeah, when he plays that well, he's he's earning more starts, and that's what he, you know, he's a young player trying to establish himself in the league. Schmidt's going to be out for a little while. It's a great opportunity for him. And I, and I just wonder, you know, we talked a little bit about, about Connor and, and his ability to kind of rise up at the right time. Have you ever seen somebody kind of do that on a consistent basis like him? Anyone else, rather? Well, he's a pretty special player. I mean, there's there's you can put him in a handful of the guys in the league that are dominant like that. I was fortunate to play a year with Mario Lemieux, and you saw some things like that out of him. But but uh, he, he's a special player. He, he he can make something out of nothing. And the, the thing that makes it is unbelievable is, is the timing of which he does it. I mean, two of those highlight goals this year are, are ultimately important goals, you know, and uh, that's just what he does. But I thought our whole team, like, Drysaddle didn't get a point tonight. That could be the best game he's played all year. Just hard, simple game and, and real competitive. So we, uh, we were better in that, and that's what we've been looking for for our team. So hopefully we can back it up with another game like that. That is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. They score a 2-1 shootout win over the Winnipeg Jets, backstopped by outstanding goaltender from Stuart Skinner, who gets his first win of the season. You can get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Our next game broadcast for the Oilers is Saturday, 6.30 face-off show, puck drop at 8. It'll be Edmonton entertaining Chicago. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow, all have an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 7. Then we have Elks coverage starting at 7, leading to the kickoff at 8.30 as they visit the BC Lions. Thanks to Troy Bowler our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630Ched.com. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers are 12-4, 2-1 win over the Jets.